Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 551 for the 7th of Sivan in a regular year. So today is the second day of Shavuos, second day Yom Tov, and so I'm pre-recording this episode, and if you're listening to this before Shavuos, I, I wish you a wonderful holiday, and if you've list, you're listening to it after Shavuos, then I hope that you had a wonderful holiday. So today we're going to be beginning a new section of the Tanya, a new savior of the Tanya, very exciting. So this section of the Tanya is what's referred to as being Shar HaYuchod Vehamuna, the gate of unity and faith. So this Sefer of Tanya is actually, in a lot of ways, my personal favorite. Actually, I find it to be the most interesting one. <clears throat> it's the most like philosophical of all of the this farm. It's the one that really deals with the underpinnings of reality. Who is God? What is the world? Why are we here? All of these like really basic fundamental philosophical questions that we might have. And in today's section, what we're really going to focus on uh, by way of introduction to this entire Sefer is this whole idea of monotheism and how monotheism might not be really what you thought it might be at first glance. So Judaism is a monotheistic religion, as most of you probably know, but um, we're not the only monotheistic religion. There are other monotheistic religions. Islam is a monotheistic religion. Some branches of Christianity can be considered monotheistic. Even Hinduism, believe it or not, people think of it as being an idolatrous religion. If you really get into the fundamental creed of of true Hinduism, it actually is at its core monotheistic. So monotheism, monotheism is not really unique to Judaism as much as some people might claim that it is. But what we'll learn about today and in today's section is that the monotheism that we believe in, at least by way of Chabad Hasidus, which is what we're learning in the Tanya, actually means something much deeper and much more profound than we might have thought at first glance. What it means to be monotheistic in a Jewish Hasidic sense isn't just to believe that there's one God and not two. That there isn't a God and a devil that are at war with each other, which is like more like the Zoroastrianism. That's what they kind of believed. And some branches of Christianity think like that too. It's not that there's like different figureheads of God and that kind of stuff. It's much, much more than that. The monotheism that we're going to be learning about today is to really understand that not only is there only one God and not two, but in fact, there is nothing but God. God is the only true reality. Any reality that we experience down here in our earth or even up in the heavens actually has no existence of its own other than God. And what we'll also learn about is what this fundamentally, how this translates and how we experience this and what what this 
how this manifests is through God's speech. So we see an allusion to this actually in the very beginning of the Torah, in the book of, G- of Genesis, where it talks about embraces, where it talks about God creating the world. So when we look at the phraseology that's used there, it doesn't say, and now God created this, and now God did this, and now God made the the planets, and now God made the earth and stuff. It says, and now God said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be the luminaries and there were the luminaries. So God spoke the world into existence. So there's something about speech that was intrinsic to the creation of the world. And what we'll learn about today is that this wasn't just like a poetic way that the Torah went about describing the story of creation, but there's actually something very, very fundamental to it. And that not only did God, in fact, truly speak in his way, the world into creation, this wasn't a one-time event. And this wasn't just like a historical thing that happened way back in the day, but it actually is happening at every moment, at every second, at every hour of every day. And that truly, the true basis of the entirety of reality is the speech. So one thing to notice that's really fascinating about this, and this is a subject that I don't know about all that much, and I'd like to research more, is that this is something that physics is kind of tapping into. Uh, In the last few years, physics has actually come to discover that the underlying fundamental building blocks of all of creation is vibration, otherwise known as sound. So Maybe we'll talk about this more at length in a future episode when I have more time to prepare and research this topic. Or if any any of the listeners know about this, I'd love to hear more if you have any resources for me. But I think it's it's really cool when like science and comes to meet Torah in that way, where where this is something that physics is only coming to understand now. Where we'll see that this is something that the Alter Epa wrote about a long, long time ago. So uh, let's get straight into the text and discuss more as we go, because I think that will really give us a true appreciation of all of these ideas that we're talking about. So the ultra rapid begins this section by actually uh, giving a heading that is kind of giving his like thesis statement for this entire section of the Tanya, where he says that what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be learning a little bit, just we're going to get a small glimpse of that which it says in the Zohar, that the verse Shema Yisrael Hashem Alokeno Hashem Echad is higher unity, Yehuda Ilah, and Baruch Shem Kvod Machotol Aram Ve'ed is lower unity, Yehuda Tata. So, okay, so basically let's just explain that very in brief. First of all, to note, the Altarvis says that we're only going to understand to a very small degree. So he's acknowledging the fact that, interestingly enough, as much as this book is really all about really using our brains to their fullest capacity, pushing our, pushing our mind to the fullest extent to try to understand God, to try to understand our reality, to try to understand what it means that God is everywhere and in everything, we're actually only going to get a very small glimpse of this. And the more we learn, the more we'll realize how much we don't know, which is a the big topic that I talked about yesterday in the episode where I talked about my yoga practice and how the more I practice, the more of a beginner I feel. Same thing here. The more we learn, the more we learn, the more we'll realize just how much we don't know. So nevertheless, we're going to have a small sense. We're going to try to really understand to a very small degree what this means, where there's this teaching in the Zohar that the first verse of the Shema prayer, so Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, which means hear, O Israel, God is your God. God is one. That's a reference to something called higher unity. So 
we will talk about that later on as to what that means, but just keep that in mind for now. And then it also says that the second verse, which means blessed is his glorious name of, of his kingship forever and ever. This is a reference to lower unity, to Yehuda Tata. So this is the thesis that statement for the entire book. And so it's not going to be answered today, obviously, because he's going to take the entire book to explain this. But so today we're going to begin to delve into these ideas by really getting into, first of all, what it means to be monotheistic, as I mentioned in the introduction. So the altar of it begins this chapter, chapter one of Sharia Chudba and he actually states, furthermore, another section of the Shema prayer, which is originally from Devarim, from the Chumash Devarim, chapter 4, verse 39, where it says, hayom ma'al enod. So this literally means that you should know today and place it in your heart that God is the God in the heavens above and on the earth below. There is none other. So the Altar Abba asks a question on this verse where it talks about that there is, you should know that there is, it seems like a really important thing that is teaching that we should know today that there's one God and it's the same God in the heavens and the earth below. And so the Altar Abba says, he says, well, a person really think that there's a God that's going around in the water underneath the earth? to the point that we need to really warn somebody so much to the point of like, really, you know, place this in your heart. There is no water God. <laughs> really remember this. So to understand this, the Altar Rebbe brings another verse, this time from Tehillim, chapter 119, verse 89, where it says, where it says, forever, God, your words, word stands firm in the heavens. So on a simple reading of this verse, it sounds like that the verse is just teaching us that like, okay, God's word is eternal. We always have to listen to God. We can't just think God said something and then he stopped saying it and and it's not relevant anymore or something like that. But, and it's just a poetic way of teaching us this. But the Baal Shem Tov of Blessed Memory, he actually taught that there's a deeper understanding of this. He, he understood this in a more literal way. He said, when we say, forever your God, your words stand firm in the heavens. What are God's words? The words that we're referencing here are the words of which is the words from Breshis, chapter one, verse six, where God actually spoke the heavens into existence, that there should be a firmament in the midst of the waters. So he says that these words stand firm forever. These letters and these words, they are always within the firmament of the heaven. And they are they contain within them all of the firmaments of all of the heavens in order to vivify them. As it says, and so this is another verse from Yeshayahu, verse 40, uh, chapter four, 40, verse eight, and which means that, and then the word of God will stand forever. So again, it's the same idea. It's something about God's word. It keeps using that phraseology of God's word, God's speech. And then it says, So this is, a, this is something that we say in davening, which again, it means his words live and stand firm forever. So this again is this idea that there's something about God's word specifically that stands forever, like actual literal words. So the so the way the Baal Shem Tov understood this is that it's literally talking about the actual words that God used to speak the world into creation, to speak here the heavens into creation. And he says that if, so 
if if the actual if the letters were to leave even for a split moment god forbid and go back to their source then the entire heavens would return to not not and nothingness and would become like nothing at all like before god actually spoke those words of and so too this isn't just the case in terms of the heavens but this is true with all of the creations of all the, of everything whether we're talking about the creations in the higher worlds or in the lower worlds and even this physical reality that we live in this physical earth if the letters of speech that God used to create the world were to depart, God forbid, for even one moment, then all of this would return to not and nothingness. True not and nothingness, just like it was before the six days of creation. So we're hanging on a really thin thread here is what the altar is trying to teach us is that our entire reality, our entire existence is totally and utterly dependent upon this constant speech of God that is creating the world and bringing the world into existence, something for nothing at all times. And then the altar of says that this was actually taught by the Arizal of blessed memory, that he said that like, even in the domem, in, even in inanimate objects, like in rocks or in dirt or in water, they also have a spiritual life force to them. So we talked about this in a previous episode, the idea that there is, everything has a soul to it on a certain level, has a spiritual nature to it, even things like rocks. So here we're understanding this on a deeper level that even stones and earth and water, just like the heavens, their entire existence really truly at its core is really nothing but the word of God. So this is how we can understand that it actually does contain a spiritual life force to it, these rocks. So, and the way we can see this, like if we want to really break it down is because the letters of speech from the 10 mamarot, the 10 utterances through which God created the world and continues to create the world, these vivify and these give life to the to the domem, to the inanimate object, to bring them into existence out of nothingness, out of the not in nothingness that preceded the six days of creation into the existence that they have right now. So this creating something from nothing is happening. It wasn't just a one-time event, basically. It's something that's happening all the time. It's perpetual and it's recurring. And so then and, and the way that it happens on a technical level, the ultra is teaching us is through these 10 utterances. So if you go back to the story of creation in, in Genesis, we'll see that you'll see that there is actually 10 utterances that God spoke and those 10 utterances created the entire world. And so it's the, those 10 utterances that are the vivifying force behind all of creation. So that's the end of the section for today. And we'll continue along these lines tomorrow when we get into more specifics about how everything in this world comes from the 10 utterances of creation, even those things that were not explicitly mentioned in the 10 utterances of creation. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.